Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hey guys, it's Hello. me Scarlett. <laughs> Welcome back to Style Over Substance. We have another guest episode for you guys today and I think it's a really enjoyable one. Our guest this week is Cassie Thorpe. She is a luxury and fashion focused YouTuber, Instagrammer, influencer content creator whatever you Mm -hmm. want to say Mm -hmm. um she's bubbly she loves her luxury fashion we hear her lovely Hermes purchase we talk about fashion internships it's it was a really fun conversation and I think it's also really cool for people to hear that the YouTube space isn't full like you can you can start whenever and as like we've both said it before haven't we that like we love YouTube so much and like we're always like should we do that because I really enjoy it and that could be fun and it's that thing of like well if you start today then you're waiting less time to start your YouTube journey and I think she's a really great person to follow on YouTube and we hope you like her chats with us cool so cassie tell us a bit about you and what you do because i came across your youtube channel which is growing Mm -hmm. quite a lot in like a short amount of time because you haven't been doing this full time for very long no so i as of the first of january i am now full-time youtuber but i wasn't and congratulations thank you thank you very exciting um no the majority of people like still don't understand it and they're like wait like how do you survive and pay your bills and it's like so i have to go through that with the majority of people but um yeah no it's really exciting um i was on youtube i don't really know maybe like two and a half three years that i like was like okay i want to take this seriously i really like it and i could see myself doing this full-time kind of thing um but before that i mean i've always loved luxury fashion and grew up reading vogue and all of that business so it was like okay well i'm either going to go into fashion or i'm going to go and do something kind of economicsy because that was mm. like my what what i was going to do at school kind of thing and then in uni i did a fashion internship and uh quit via text about 2 weeks in because it was the worst and i was like okay i am not 
working in fashion in this capacity. <laughs> I love it. I love it. This is Scarlett's <laughs> favorite topic. It's internship <gasps> in the fashion industry, literally. She could spend all day talking about this. They are rough. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I mean Well, so we'll people... come back to we'll come back to okay. the internship. Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah, sorry. Yeah, so I started doing a fashion blog. It was awful. I've deleted all rem- remnants of it off the internet um, because if you want to talk about embarrassing. And then um, actually shortly after my boyfriend and I got together, he was like, oh, well, maybe you should try like doing videos because I think that your personality will come across easier mm. that way. Mm-hmm. And then that's kind of how it started. And then I fell in love with the whole process and everything. Cool. And did you have any hesitation to put yourself sort of out there in a space that's already, you know, like YouTube, the people who were huge on YouTube, like started before it was a thing, before you could make money. So yes. is there like a hesitation of like, mm-hmm. well, I know if I, if this takes off, like it actually could be a really good. Yeah. <laughs> um, to be honest, like the, I, th- I think a lot of people when they start, it's, nobody really like thinks of that bit everybody's just like oh my gosh yeah. me like, being on camera and people seeing it and stuff like that yeah which for some reason that part never really got to me and I don't That's know right. if it's just like I I did like you know my mum put me in all of this like speech and drama when I was younger and all of that business mm. so so that bit was out and I'm an only child so I'm very used to creating my own entertainment so uh. talking to the camera was just like well I'm talking to myself anyway most of the time so what's the difference um but yeah it was more of just kind of like you know how you said the people that have really made a name for themselves and been on it for ages but it's like well then I better start now rather than mm. In, mm. Cu- you know coming up with excuses I so like that. yeah that yeah. makes a lot of sense mm. yeah and I just think as well it's like with especially with content and things like that it's very much about like anyone can do it and it's not it's not like I mean I know that that a lot of like Instagram and everything is very oversaturated but I Mm -hmm. still think that there's a home for people because Mm -hmm. it's all about you as a person and how people relate to you right Mm -hmm. and and I think yeah and I think that a lot of people see what other people are doing um Mm -hmm. and are like okay well I need to do something like that when people already have that so what can you do to bring that you know something different to the table or talk about something in a different way you know yeah for sure I think that brings up like two separate points to me like if you if you take uh, the YouTube example but put it in a different context like TV stuff that was like banging back in the day that we used to watch as kids that was huge we don't watch that anymore. Like everyone moves on. So those bigger YouTubers who deal with like luxury fashion, they're at mm. a completely different stage in their life. And they're getting like, you, they're getting like um, invites to Louis Vuitton's like mm. latest fashion show. And so there's like a disconnect between- You can't relate to them the way you used to. Yeah, you know? exactly. And, um, and also when you said that people feel like they have to replicate this formula that's already been successful. Yeah. I know this is so weird and I always come up with weird parallels, but you know, Home's Under the Hammer. Yes. (laughs) Where are we going here? (laughs) Okay, you know um, Mo Gilligan, Mo the Comedian? Yes. Really funny, like, series and it's called Home's Under the Hammer Time on on YouTube. (laughs) And he does, like, reaction videos to, like, Home's Under the Hammer. 
Anyway, this morning I was watching it and um, it, did you know it's been running for like 17 years? Exactly. And people still love it. People still watch it. My dad still loves it. And it's like, you can be like really popular in your mm-hmm. tiny little niche and you mm-hmm. can be big in that area. And mm-hmm. that's all you need really to survive on these platforms. You don't have to be the biggest. You don't have to be the James Charles of the world. You can be yeah. like, you know, in your little niche and it's mm-hmm. a big deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now that's, yeah, I really, really like how you've put that because when I kind of started right at the beginning, there was a lot of floundering about and like, oh, well, um, I like beauty products, but I really have no idea what I'm talking about kind of thing. So I think like I did like a get ready with me or something. And it was just an absolute disaster because I don't know, you know, what anything to do with that. You know, I've just been following tutorials myself. Right. Mm -hmm. So when it really came down to, okay, what do I know about? What do people like in my life come to me for advice on or talk mm. to me about because they think that, you know, Cassie will know the answer on that topic. And it's always been luxury fashion. So I was like, okay, well, this is where, this is how, you know, I'm going to start. And um, yeah, I think that it's amazing to kind of And by no means am I saying that I'm like the person in luxury fashion because I am not. But (laughs) it's amazing that just like when somebody thinks of, oh, I want to know a little bit more about this bag or what's new and hot in luxury fashion. Oh, let me go check on Cassie's channel, for example, kind of Mm. thing. And that's really amazing. Exactly. You don't, I think a lot of, yeah, like James Charles or something, still it's so much about beauty, but it's also a lot more about his life. Mm. And I think that a lot of people do diversify when they get to a certain point Mm. because a lot of want to know about the ins and outs of their lives kind of thing but then I also think that that can get a little bit I think you have to manage the balance of that very well because right at the beginning when you made this decision you maybe didn't sign up to show that much but it's just because of how things are played out you're like okay well people want to see more of me how much am I comfortable showing Mm. um and it's not going to burn me out as well. So it is, it's interesting. Yeah, I love that. I love that. Before we proceed, mm-hmm. we have to hear about why was your internship so bad? We don't need to hear brand names. <laughs> like, but I, a bad job, I've done it. I tell you, like, it was so. Too- I honestly, to be honest, I didn't know what to expect going in. I I went on like fashionjobs.com or whatever that website is. You know, the one we all know. And um, and it was like, oh, London fashion internship to do with Fashion Week. And I was like, oh, this is it. Like, that sounds amazing. Went for the interview, got it. It was for a PR role. Mm -hmm. And um, so they basically wanted me to put on their entire Fashion Week show for zero budget. And not getting paid because that's not a privilege that that happens in in fashion. (laughs) Exactly. And nobody also told me like when to go home. So I would just be like, yeah, on this computer, like, okay, well, these are a load of suppliers that I can call tomorrow and scrounge their services for free Mm. um, until like 10 o'clock at night. And I was like, oh, I wonder when the last train home is, <laughs> like, you know, you don't want to say anything. Yeah. And so it was just, just things like that were an absolute nightmare. 
So yeah. yeah, it just came to a point where I was just like, my gosh, I'm in like second year of uni. I didn't think I was going to have to be, you know, calling up and scrounging free things from people trying to, you know, um, uh, what's it called? Sell this brand and everything. I was like, oh, will you give us three, you know, hundred bottles of Vita Coco for the for, for the fashion week and all this business? I was like, oh, I can't be dealing with this anymore. While like the um, the one of the like people that owned the brand was just like on the phone getting like custom made pieces for her child sorting out and I was just like <laughs> yeah shouldn't I not be helping I don't know like <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing here yeah yeah I think I think that's like a, a hard lesson so many people have to learn is that there's nothing glamorous oh about my working in fashion yeah. especially in like until you own the brand mm, until yes. you're like the CEO or whatever it is, then like, then maybe it's a bit more glamorous and you kind of don't do the graphs, but um, yeah, that's, it's like one of my favorite things to talk about. (laughs) (laughs) And you're so true. Like it's, especially with an internship, Mm. there's this real aura of you really just lucky to be here and experiencing this. And so like, how dare you ask when you can go home? like mm. and but you're not even paying me in the first place but I'm not allowed to ask if I can go home at 10 o'clock at night because I need to get the last train home but I I'll mean... be back in at eight o'clock tomorrow <laughs> don't worry like it's it's actually madness so it's I'm crazy and some of the stories I'm sorry you had that experience but I'm also really pleased no it's <laughs> I mean I got a story out of it and it and it you know made me know that oh, well this isn't how you know you want to be involved in the fashion industry you want, to be, uh, you want to be able to own it you want to be able to own fashion <laughs> yeah, yeah I think that that's like now um I don't know I'm completely speculating but I would have thought that like a lot of young people who are maybe at uni or leaving or whatever that sort of age can completely bypass these internships now because if you want to be a stylist you can just style stuff yourself if you want to be yeah, yeah show them your Instagram designer, page you like exactly. you know and it's yeah, like your sure. portfolio, but then you can also kind of realise that maybe you can make money from it. And mm-hmm. I mean, there was a few years back, Scarlett and I have t- talked about it, but there was like a bit of an uproar about unpaid internships. And I think that shifted the conversation of yeah. paying people. Mm. Yeah, for sure. And um, so moving on to sort of luxury and how you got into it and admired it what was your first luxury purchase and kind of why what 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 made that item like the thing you wanted to invest your money in first okay so my first kind of so basically the whole kind of luxury thing came from my mum she's very like into it and always like had I'd, I'd grown up with her being like you know save your money and instead of getting five t-shirts go and buy one t-shirt that's going to last you forever and all of this business mm. right so, so so that's how it kind of always came in but my first purchase of my own money was um when I was on a paid internship different industry um <laughs> has to be has to be <laughs> and it was a pair of Givenchy slip-on like uh sneakers like skate shoes looking things and then the okay. foot of them had like 
crystals and embellishments and all of this. And I remember, um, you know, when we were told, all right, well, payday is on this day. And I was like, oh, I've been, I've been wanting these trainers for a while now and they're just going to be amazing and all of this. And I would talk to other people on the internship about it and they were like, that's how you're going to spend your paycheck. And I was like, yes, yes, <laughs> just believe I'm going to style these for work. So you're going to see these next week. Like, yeah, oh, yeah. I was just like obsessed. More than, I actually, I still have them. Some of the crystals on the top have fallen off, sadly. But I can't get rid of them because that was like my first. Sentimental. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. It's so funny because at the moment I have my eye on a couple things that I'm like, oh, I'd really like to buy that, you know, because mm-hmm. I might have the chance this year to get something a bit fancier. But when mm-hmm. I when it comes down to it, sometimes I think to myself and bearing in mind, like I've worked in luxury fashion and we talk about fashion every week. So like we're, yeah. we're obviously into that sort of thing. But I'm like, mm-hmm. I don't know if I can part with that amount of money, like, and actually take the step and buy it because mm-hmm. sometimes it is like it's so easy to get desensitized what are like oh, 100% what are it's, your tips yeah. to like buying luxury and being able to afford it when you're just like working average joe yeah so basically so what i do is i like map out i've got like an excel spreadsheet it <gasps> sounds a little bit more nerd well it is nerdy, it's excessive like, yeah but it's, it sounds like it sounds know, sensible though all these uh, what's called those equations going and I haven't it's very basic spreadsheet but I will map out like okay um this is uh how much I'm, I'm gonna get paid a month and now with YouTube or whatever I mean it fluctuates but I'll just um what's it called uh estimate right mm. and I'll do that for the whole year and then I'll be like okay um when do I think is reasonable for me to be buying things and what budget do I want to set for myself? Mm. Whether that is, okay, I'm allowed to buy one thing, let's say it's a thousand pounds and that's every quarter. Mm. And I will literally be like, okay, so um, how does that come out of what I'm uh, earning and after rent and all of that business? So I will literally go down to like a granular level. Um, But Uh, I completely get that sentiment of being desensitized to it. Mm. So recently um, I had, I've got an amazing Dior sales associate and he offered me this like, Oh, I've seen that. I've seen that. (laughs) He was just like, pick out a load of stuff that you've been interested in to try on. I'll have it sent home. And then the courier will be back at five to pick up. If there's anything that you don't, you, you know, you can send it all back, whatever. Um, what a dangerous game. Dangerous. <laughs> but um, there were an amazing pair of shorts, right? These fabulous Dior oblique shorts, blah, blah, blah. They are £1,300, which I cannot for a pair of shorts. I simply can't, right? Mm. That to me, I'm not balling, like, I'm not at that level yet, right? <laughs> Maybe in a couple of years, 1300 for a pair of shorts will be like, oh, what is that? But absolutely not <laughs> right mm. now. And it was just like, and I know that um, there were like some people in the comments like, oh my gosh, you simply have to have these shorts and mm. like you cannot send those back. And it's like, you, if you're paying for it, fair enough. Say, yeah, all right, I'll With whose money? <laughs> but... Exactly. Set up a GoFundMe and I'll keep them. (laughs) Exactly. But there's like such a, I think you have to be really honest with yourself. And, And also with there being so many things. And I think that I kind of shoot myself in the foot with 
talking about luxury all the time because I just see all of these things. I'm like, oh my gosh, the wish list is just getting longer and longer because half the time I'm just looking into what's new. Mm-hmm. That you then have to be like, okay, so I would like to treat myself. Um, these are the options, right? Which of these will I actually use the most? Which of these do I actually already have four of and I don't need another? Mm. And so on and so forth. Like, why am I buying a jumper when we're going into spring, summer? Like, you know, stuff like that, Mm -hmm. that I just need to be super honest with myself and just being like, you know what? No, you don't need another. But you actually don't have anything like this other thing. Mm. And that's the one that's going to get my money. You know, that kind of thing. Um, I was going to say also with ready to wear I always have a fear of like what if I'm not the same size in a couple mm, years yeah. or um, you know like a, po- a post-child and- body post-lockdown body yeah um, it's a great you know, menopause like yeah. if I'm buying 1,300 shorts they best fit me when I'm 60 <laughs> like literally. literally oh my gosh no it's true and actually so my mum recently lost a lot of weight and the majority of her wardrobe now doesn't fit her. Um, she needs a so good tailor. She needs a good tailor. Yeah. So oh, yeah. for like those like crazy like you know Chanel skirts and everything else. She's had them you know tailored and everything else. But for the for the other stuff that's harder to do and stuff like that it's like how do you make this work you can't just you know it's such a waste otherwise mm-hmm. um I mean obviously you can resell and things like that but but reselling for ready to wear is like it's all over the place you know mm-hmm. you can buy something for a grand and it some, somebody only wants it for 120 you know mm-hmm. so it's just it is it is a dangerous game yeah and so what would you say is then like would you be you're obviously more willing to sort of spend money on accessories I think that's kind of what even just an average person is going to put their money in it's not going to be maybe like coats outerwear accessories shoes but is there like a particular area that like is your weakness is it shoes I think it's going to have to be shoes honestly I, I've always been shoes and then like last year I went hard on the bags for some reason and um, I'm falling back in love with shoes. I don't know what it is. I have far too many and mm. I can't and I look. But we through, all do, we yeah. all do. Honestly and the thing is is that you look through and you're like all right let's actually have a look at the ones that I haven't worn in a bit mm. or maybe I could get rid of whatever right and you look through and you'll be like no because that would be for this kind of situation. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like I literally have a pair of shoes it's like those are the ones that you're gonna use when you end up in a Miami nightclub. I don't know when that's gonna be but those are my <laughs> Miami nightclub shoes. Um, this one is for summer, like a European summer yeah. break. It's this like really specific scenario. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I have stuff where I'm like, oh no, when someone invites me to their wedding and the theme is light colours, I'm going to wear that jacket. Like, yes. <laughs> but yes. I have not been invited to a wedding yet. And I don't know. I don't know when this all, it's just like, I'm not going to get rid of it because the time will come. Exactly. And I'm a very much a just in case person. I'm going to be like, Mm. the day I get rid of that thing, the day after I will need it for something, or I will see somebody else with it and I'll be like, why did you do that to yourself? Yeah. Yeah. I've bought stuff and I've, sorry, I've sold stuff and then kind Mm. of regretted it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
<laughs> but I, I think fashion and fantasy goes quite hand in hand, Ooh. especially like, especially those pieces that like are maybe a bit more out there. Like you're not necessarily getting incorporated in your like work wardrobe or like everyday life. So there are those moments where you're like, that's, that's for that like yes vision like you know it's like a film tv show moment you're like imagining for yourself of like that's when I go to a gala you know <laughs> and like when I get invited to the Met Gala yeah or not alone but like oh I'm gonna go to like a really like fancy soiree like whatever mm-hmm. it is yeah um, but also we talked quite a lot about sort of whether or not sex in the city might bring back like mm. us actually wearing clothes again um when that airs maybe later this year I think it's meant to come out mm. um and like ruin the athleisure moment we're all sort of loving elasticated waistbands <laughs> but like I think there's something to be said of like not saving fashion for best mm. like oh, I think that's definitely something I want to do like post covid world mm. is actually be like yeah, I might be the bet like the most overdressed person when I meet my friends, but like mm. I'm wearing the things that I love and I'm not saving them for the Miami nightclub because yeah. <laughs> like, very true. I haven't yeah. got that booked yet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's true. And I love that because that's kind of that's what it should be all mm. the time. And I just think that you know, with lockdown, these absolutely like extreme situations that, that that we've been in, that it's like almost like, no, we need this for mm. a bit of like a fantasy, like you said, for a bit of fantasy, a little bit of fabulousness that needs mm-hmm. injected back into our life, you know, a little bit of fun and, and, you know, frivolousness that we really haven't been able to indulge very much in while we've been locked up at home, you know. Mm. yeah and have you found that lockdown has like made you less inspired by clothes or has it kind of like the way you're sort of coping or helping yourself feel great it's like you know what that's a really great pair of shoes or bag that I look forward to wearing when this is gone I'm gonna get it Mm. what's sort of been your flavor with clothing So I think it's very much, I actually, when like the lockdown season one came uh, (laughs) and and I went in and I was like, brilliant, going to save money, not going anywhere, not seeing anyone brilliant. Then somehow things would pop up and everything. And now it's kind of gotten to a point where I'm like, the looks I am ready to serve yeah, <laughs> I like. I've got them like stored in my head. I, I'm not actually gonna lie; it's not in my head. I actually do write them down. It's very sad. Is it a spreadsheet? Like, <laughs> not, not, not a spreadsheet. But I do have like a little notebook that's like, oh, that's a really good spring summer look. Oh, I've Let done that before. Yeah, yeah I, I do love that. it. Um, it's very sad. But um, yes, I am like, come twelfth of April outdoor dining and shops open thank you very much I'm I'm showing up to show out be ready (laughs) I love that I love that I think it's important and like I think hopefully it's made us remember that like clothes are actually fun like fashion is fun it's meant to be enjoyed and I've definitely been victim of like being my own worst enemy of like well that doesn't suit you or like you look really Mm. like daft actually wearing that but then love it on other people I'm like Mm. But who, I don't care what people think anyway. So, yeah. like, yeah, it might make me look a stone bigger than I am or a bit frumpy or whatever. But, like, 
well, at least I know I'm not a stone heavier yeah. or like, what does it matter if someone thinks that I'm a stone heavier? Like, yeah. or that it's unflattering. If you feel it's, fabulous. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think a lot of the time it's like, you think, oh, it doesn't suit me because people aren't used to seeing it on you. Mm-hmm. But once they see things on you, they're like, oh yeah, that's something she'd wear. Or, do you know what yeah. I mean? It's yes. I I, well, I think if, my... you, if you're inspired to buy it, it must mm-hmm. be it must be in your it's personality. You. Like, yeah. Very. So, um, what is on your current wish list? Then we might as well ask. Okay, so there is one piece I have been talking about this for months now, but. This tiny, tiny bag arrived on the Chanel uh, runway for spring, summer 21. It's about this big. It's pink. It's tiny. (laughs) It's got a tiny top handle. It is everything I've ever wanted in the most (laughs) minuscule form. Mm. Anyway, I have been, I know that all of the other colours have come out in the UK except for the pink. So I'm waiting (laughs) for that one to, to, to come out. But that is like number one on my wish list. Um, the other thing, I mean, that Dior shopping haul added a couple more items on my wish list. Not the shorts, because once again, cannot part with 1300 for a pair of sodding shorts. But um, a couple of items from there. What else? Oh, for some reason, again, something I've made up in my mind here. I saw this fabulous like silk Versace shirt with matching silk shorts. Oh, like wow! For like a wh- wherever I end up on that holiday, that is the Miami. That is Miami vibing too. <laughs> <By the> pool, <laughs> yeah. I think I think that's what that's what the conclusion that we've all come to today. I think that's where I'll be going on holiday because <laughs> that is like oh, that yeah. is like yeah. I need that top to toe look. Amazing. Right. And what are your sort of favourite places to look for luxury fashion? Are you someone who shops like Vesta Collective? Like, are you a vintage finder? Do you enjoy that process? Or do you kind of, um, I don't know, what, what's your process? So um, I would say I am somebody that's like, I'm here for an easy life. So most <laughs> of the time it's like far fetch. My mm-hmm. Teresa, Louisa Vieira, Minetta Porte, your usuals, right? All but, in the same place, yeah. Yes, exactly. Everything's on one place. Sometimes if I, you know, I'm thinking, oh, I wonder if anything, you know, if Fendi's come out with anything fun, then I'll go on Fendi's site directly and like have a look. Mm-hmm. But generally I kind of go on those because everything's in one place. And then it also allows me to like, oh, what's this fun thing by this designer I've never heard of, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but just before Christmas... I like really wanted to get myself like the cropped Fendi puffer jacket for mm-hmm. as, as a Christmas gift to me from me. Why not? And I could not find it anywhere. Um, absolutely no chance. And for some reason, I was like, you know what? Let me just check Vestiaire. Like somebody might have one and it didn't work out for them or whatever. Brand new with tags. Literally, like, the same price as it would have been in store. I was like, thank you very much. There we go. Great um, process, actually, shopping through Vestiaire. Because sometimes you think, oh, my gosh, it's going to take, like, three weeks to get here after it's all been authenticated and all of that. But, no, it was really easy. Amazing. It was meant to be. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) So you're not the biggest um, vintage secondhand shopper, I think you've said. 
that like you prefer the in-store experience and do you think that like because you obviously very much like create it sounds like you create a wardrobe and you create this is the piece that I want and you're very like intentional with your shopping do you Mm -hmm. think that's kind of like a reason why browsing like past seasons or just shopping pre-loved is just kind of not for you I think I think that's actually part of it I think the other thing is that I'm not it's not like I would never or you know um what's it called like have just ruled that out entirely I think that I know that there's there's like a vintage shop in Tokyo that I would absolutely die to go to because they've just nailed the in-store experience and they just have like all of these amazing like 90s Chanel and all these you know like you you see those runway pieces and you're like oh my gosh stunning they've just done it amazingly and I just think that we're lacking a little bit of that in England I haven't really like come across a dedicated like luxury pre-loved but you get that end-to-end like luxury experience with it Mm. I'm sure that they exist it's just I just haven't found them or you know have 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 stumbled into one yet but I think that's a part of it yeah that makes sense and also like if like you're not your baller 1300 on a short stage (laughs) But also, I think it's really important to have an like a positive or like a special experience when you're parting with quite a lot of money. Like, like we talked earlier about being desensitized a little. Like, like fashion, luxury fashion, like is a lot of money, and like mm-hmm. regular salaries don't like if you're dropping that money, you've saved or you've reconsidered yeah. a purchase. Mm-hmm. And like, I think it it is right to have like a a sort of special experience so there's like you're right there's definitely a space for their almost like a Mm -hmm. vestiaire collective like in-store type of like London experience or wherever it ends up being Mm -hmm. because actually like pre-loved and stuff like that like is also just as expensive like Chanel bags retain their value um so yeah I think it'd be nice that there's sort of would you like a cup of tea, madam? And all of that, <laughs> yeah, yeah. All of that going on and like making you, you feel like... The bells and whistles. Yeah, yeah. And actually, like, that's the only time you're allowed to call me madam. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you know. It's true. It's true. And um, actually, I did, I did go into... I went to New York not last the last Christmas before everything you know went mm-hmm. downhill um and I went to the real reels physical store oh, and that okay. was wow. really well really really well and it's just even down to things like when you buy a purchase to get let's say it's a pair of shoes you buy a purchase you get a dust bag right Mm -hmm. and maybe it's you you know even if it's like a a vestiaire dust bag or whatever it is just those little things it's tied with a bow at the end you know you've got all these you know little guarantees in place and all of that it really does Mm -hmm. enhance the experience and that's what exactly it shouldn't be easy to you know a shop like it is in Zara as it is in a a Louis Vuitton or a Chanel or whatever it should feel like a completely different experience Mm -hmm. because the budgets here are very different you know you can't expect me to come in here and you know walk around Louis Vuitton like it is Zara or whatever and just drop my money that freely you know Mm -hmm. so what are you how are you going to differentiate that 
Yeah, yeah, I agree. What do you think like shopping for luxury shopping will be like once we're eventually, hopefully, set free? <laughs> I know. I don't even believe like, mm, but... Is that happening ever? <laughs> um, what do you see shops kind of doing and do you think they're going to dedicate more time to service or is it going to be quite like a sterile kind of transaction like in my experience I can understand why people are a bit hesitant to like go into these places and shop in these places and even like when you go to Harrods there's Mm. just so much going on although like the service might be there it's just still overwhelming it's overwhelming yeah yeah what do you think might happen you know what I'm not sure and I think a few months ago I would have said that um I would have expected that yes, they're going to put a little bit more time in to the service side and really kind of enhancing that customer experience. But then I've kind of seen, you know, like photos from all over the world and and shops opening up and there are queues outside, like Louis Vuitton and Hermes and stuff Mm. like this, that I just feel like, to be honest, it's probably just going to go back to normal. Um, And I think that, Yeah, when it comes to the luxury shopping experience, I think it's so annoying and it shouldn't be this way that it's just like luck of the drawer on the day. Like, you know, it really helps having a sales associate that you know when you you go back to every time and everything else because then you know that there's a friendly face every time you go there. Mm -hmm. But half the time it is just, oh my gosh, I hope I get landed with with somebody that's polite and gives me a smile other than just like looking me up and down and being like, we don't have it in, you know? um, (laughs) Exactly. And it really shouldn't be that way. And I think that some brands have a better reputation in store than others. Mm. Um, but oh, I know. You're right, Louis Vuitton's a bit of a conveyor belt. I know, but even when I've been in there just to want to look around and do research or mm. all of that stuff, um, you like you get a number essentially. Yeah. And like, well, they take your name down and then they'll sort of call you and you've got to wait in the sort of like foyer of the store before yeah. you can kind of like be seen. And it's like you're never going to get that sort of calm, take your time, yeah. like approach when there's just 50 people on the list after you. I know. Or like they tell you, sorry, it's an hour's wait until you can be seen. Like that kind yeah. of feels a bit frustrating. But you know? I've always thought that Louis Vuitton is a bit like, I don't know how to describe this, but it's a bit <laughs> like, it's going to be so insulting. And it's not an insult on their style of bags. I just think they have a lot of styles of bags. They have a lot of stuff. Don't you think? Yeah. I've always thought like, there's not like... a. a they haven't consolidated of... their collection. Yeah, they do everything <laughs> yeah, in so coated cool. canvas, in every yeah. shape, in every size. In And so I'm not really... I've, not really gone into particularly busy like Louis Vuitton stores so I haven't witnessed that firsthand but I can I can imagine that it's like the Zara of really luxury mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> well, someone's gonna hate me <laughs> like like you were saying with yeah they literally give you a number it's like I a luxury experience shouldn't be like standing at the deli meat counter in Tesco yeah. you know, you're there yeah. and you're, one two seven yeah that's me you know it's it's just it is it's and and I don't know how they could make that better purely because Mm. there's just like you said there's 50 people waiting 
And it's insane that we live in a world where like people are waiting to drop money. Yeah. <laughs> just take it. Yeah. You know? It's crazy. And you can't take the spontaneity out of shopping either. Like if you made it by appointment only, like if you're a tourist and also or, then, you know, I get it where I'm sort of like, I could be reckless with money. Like you wanna <laughs> you wanna like ride that wave. Yeah. Like, exactly. And someone might suddenly be like, you know what? I see it in the window. I'm going to get it. It's a sign. Like, you don't yeah. want to stop that flow by having it like, sorry, madam, our next appointment is a week away. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's tough. It's tough. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah, it's like, I, I don't know how that they can improve it, but mm. like, I've only ever, and, and exactly like, it's going to be different on different days or whatever. But every time I've gone into Dior, it's always been smiles and a really nice experience. Fendi, mm. it's always been smiles, a really nice experience. Chanel, it's like, well, <laughs> buckle up because yeah. um, they might not even ask you if you need any help today. Like <laughs> They've got their ropes, their ropes cues out in Selfridges and they're like, no, oh my we've gosh. got enough people here. <laughs> yeah, and it's just like, it is, it's, it's, it's ridiculous. And I, th- I think I saw something the other day, which was somebody saying like, can I swear on this? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Is that it, it was somebody saying like, part of the experience is getting treated like shit. And I don't think that that, like, that shouldn't be a part of it. But so many of these things have happened and so many people have shared their stories of, you know, oh God, I went in, I just turned around and came straight back out because even though, you know, I have the money or I was interested in buying this today, nobody made me feel comfortable enough mm-hmm. and all of this business mm-hmm. that it's just the parts of it have such a bad reputation. Yeah, and you know what? I have to admit, having worked in de- like luxury department stores, mm-hmm. when you you know you obviously get your like base pay, <clears throat> but when your commission is such a significant part of what you are getting paid, mm-hmm. we all do it. I have to admit, I've done it. It's like you see certain people come in, and you're like, they're mm-hmm. just they think this is what do my colleague used to call it? She used to call it. They think this is a museum. <laughs> they used to like walk in look and touch everything and just walk out and like so you you start to learn you You like profile people a bit you Mm. do and it's really bad but you do profile people it's like if Mm. I spend half an hour with you is it Mm. possibly gonna amount to something are you actually gonna buy something are you actually aware of how expensive this stuff is before I take you (laughs) into the changing room because I don't want you to get surprised when you're in there. You yeah. Know, so, um, and then, yeah, it's it's bad, but it does happen a lot, especially when, like, your pay depends on it. And then you get people li- literally, like, falling over, like, Arab women's feet because they feel like they've come with cash, you know? Um, it's really bad. But I think that that, that single-handedly contributes to that level of service, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And I think that it must be hard from that perspective of being like, okay, so you've obviously got the ones that walk in. You can tell the, there's money to spend, right, straight out of the bat. You've got the ones who are a little bit more low-key, mm. but you can also see they've, they've got mm, an air. Okay, potential yeah. here, exactly, right? <laughs> then you've got the, like, normal person, quote-unquote, mm-hmm. who walks in, and you don't know if 
<clears throat> sorry, if, um, you know, they have been thinking about this thing and they want to have a look at it and really are taking the time to make this decision on what is going to be mm. a big purchase yeah. or the people that are just going to waste your time. And mm-hmm. it's there to have a look and I want to see everything. I want to touch everything. And I'm going to leave and I'm going to have wasted your time. Mm-hmm. So I can under- I can understand that bit. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like we yeah. had um... how many working hours in the day and exactly get your commission. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We've had um, like a number of story times, and in the past, it was like um, I used to work for a lingerie a lingerie brand that was like quite expensive, and I spent all this time with this girl, and she was looking for this like set three piece set for her new boo, and she then at the end of everything looked at the price tag. And was like, oh, I thought it was like Victoria's Secret prices. And we were like, oh, no. oh, how no. dare you get out my store. <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh, man alive. <laughs> <laughs> We interrupt this broadcast to remind you, go follow us on Instagram, starloversubstancepod, shoot us an email, starloversubstancep at gmail.com, find us on YouTube, find us on Twitter, we've got all the links on our Instagram, you know what to do. Before it'd be fun to ask you, what are like your biggest fashion faux pas? What are the things that you absolutely hate? Don't worry, no one's going to be offended okay. because we chat shit all the time. It's okay. Um, but <laughs> I'm sure like all my opinions are unpopular. Oh, so. yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> um, what is those things that maybe it's like current trends that really irk you and you don't understand why people like it? Or it's just things that like should never be worn together? Okay. Straight at the first thing that came to mind, collots. <gasps> Don't. Really? Stop right there. I'm like, be a, tr- be a trouser, be a short. What are you doing hanging around in the middle? I'm sorry. I'm sorry I've said Maybe it. it's, you know what it is? It's because I'm five foot two. So... Okay. I think there's, there's a height discrepancy here because collots... Yeah, I don't know me. if they would... I'm about like five eight and I think they'd be probably look like my trousers have shrunk (laughs) (laughs) but okay yeah fair enough fair enough you said there's no that you can say whatever you are fair enough um the other one this is a very small one Mm -hmm. but I hate it when people wear you know like low top trainers or something and they've not made the best choice in socks. <gasps> Either I can see the sock and the look would have been better with a no-show situation. Mm. Or, like, why have you made socks a part of the outfit and these are the socks that you chose? You know? <laughs> so I think people are out here and they neglect their sock choice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the other one is like... I and- love that. And, and, and this I definitely did that the other day, by the way. <laughs> I was like, this is a terrible combination. But I was like, I'm not, I'm just popping to the shops. Like, oh, I'm, I'm that, gonna... that's completely I was like, but, but I was like, this is a bad choice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Bad choice. <laughs> the other one is, and I think this is, this is, I see this more on like 
Gen Z and on TikTok and whatever, which is wearing a cropped top. Um, but then the jean, like, okay, so you'll do a high waisted jean, you'll do a crop top, but you haven't belted the jean, so it just it just doesn't look right to me for some reason. Oh, yeah, and and then the crop is too high, and it's like I don't know what's going. Like you could have done with a slightly longer crop that just stopped like just above the jean. Oh, I get what you mean. Then it would like give something a little bit interesting. Mm-hmm. But I think that that's just they're young. They're getting their stomachs out. Go for it, honestly. Mm-hmm. But um, no, the other one. This is this is a sad one for me. That's a big trend at the moment. Baggy jeans, skinny jeans aren't technically in. And, you know what? Uh, I saw this episode and I was raging because <laughs> I don't <laughs> because I I have I gave up skinny jeans years ago. Really? Yeah, I don't like them. I don't like them. I don't think they're flattering on me. I like straight leg mum jeans. I know straight legs can be <laughs> bless you. I know straight legs can be really ugly, but I like I like that ugly chic thing. So, Do you want to know what a big yeah. part of the jeans one is, though? Is your body shape. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, like, well, I've and got... Mim, Mim's really cool, for one. Like, she's really cool. Oh, and also, she's got, like, the body shape for it. You're right. So like, There we go. There yeah. we go. I can't be out here in baggy jeans <laughs> looking three sizes bigger yeah. than I am. Like, you know, bumbling about. It is not going to work. I am very much like, we need to, we need to suck it all in. And then this is how we make the look happen. So I'm, I'm very sad mm. about skinny jeans. I think jeans. it's harder to get jeans that fit well when they're not that- skinny as well. It's re- it's re- especially like on the height, like I don't know any woman who's got the same dimensions, whether a size 8, 10, 12, 14, like their dimensions aren't the same. So yeah. like, mm. you know, it's quite hard. I think they have to be fit you well. Yeah. Yeah. And honestly, I, I feel like the jeans hunt is a difficult one. The jeans short hunt. <gasps> they did that one. Impossible. You know what oh, is really, what I think is even harder is denim skirts. I gave up on those. I don't wear those. Same. Same. <laughs> I gave up. I got. Yeah, I actually really like denim skirts. I think there's a really, cute. it's a really great look. Nice. Yeah. It's, it's near impossible. Run. If they fit you standing up, they don't fit you sitting down. Um, <laughs> that is it. <laughs> that is it oh god oh Oh, i love it i love it i literally Um, i just ordered a pair it came and it said oh all the reviews are like true to size i was like brilliant i'll get my usual size it didn't get up past my knees i had a complete mental breakdown over it and then i honestly you know those those moments that happen and you're like how how (laughs) yeah you told me that you were true to size. What are all these women lying about? And um, <laughs> returned them, ended up getting another pair that like, I don't know, have you heard of these a Goldie Parker shorts? No. It's a very specific like short. And I've heard it like mentioned for years and I thought, sod it. Let me just get these shorts, see if, if everyone's talking about is right. They look amazing. I'm not even going to lie. I am not venturing out because I pulled out an old pair of denim shorts that I wore like, well, not last year, a year before. And I was like, I'm sorry, but the crotch region is getting eaten into at different directions here. I don't understand how I'm meant to like walk five steps and not cry. Yeah. See, this is why I don't like skinny jeans, though. I think no, but I think hard jeans are hard worse jeans. to the crotch Yeah, yeah, no, that's true, that's true. Yeah, that raw denim. Yeah. yeah. 
gets beaten up. Oh, I love it. God. I think denim shorts are really hard because also like um, the older I get, the more I'm aware of like, I don't need shorts to be that. Like I wouldn't wear a skirt that short. So why am I wearing shorts that short? But when you wear long shorts, you look a bit lame. Like they're quite unflattering. So yeah. like shorts are really impossible. But luckily the UK doesn't really ever get that hot. So there you go. It's true. <laughs> okay, cool. Um, so I have a few sort of like quick fire-ish sort of questions. And um, what's the most worn item in your wardrobe? What did you go back to time and time again? Do you want to know what? It probably is a pair of jeans. Mm. A pair of good American jeans. The amount of stretch. Honestly. Mm. Just been watching the Kardashians. The looks good. <laughs> yeah, and it's comfy. All of that, brilliant. So yeah, probably jeans. <laughs> mm. And what's your favourite item that you own? Oh. Okay. It would have to go. You can pick a few if, if it's impossible. Well, I think it would have to go to the Birkin. Honestly, yeah. That was... I still actually don't quite believe that I have one. But, um, yeah, it's insane. That whole process and all of that. So I've, I've, got, to, I've got to give it to that. Incredible. I know it's supposed to be quick fire, but I really want to ask about your... <laughs> because we kind of touched on service before Mm -hmm. um the whole hype about like being in a queue waiting your turn to get this Birkin you may not get the one that you want specifically Mm -hmm. and that kind of the topic around elitism and getting Hermes bags what's your Mm -hmm. like your quick fire view on it oh it does have to be quick fire yeah (laughs) okay (laughs) so Right. So my experience was actually probably the best way I could have gotten it, which was we went in in like August, started talking to a really nice sales associate, blah, 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 and got talking about the bags. And he said, to be honest, the one I went to was the Sloan Street one. And he said, to be honest, you know, here we, um, you know, we are prioritized the people that haven't got one yet, right? And he said this, and to be very honest with you, I didn't really believe him. And I was like, oh, I'm sure he's just saying it because I clearly don't have one and whatever. So um, he said, anyway, we can open up a wish list for you. You will go through all of the leathers and all of the colors and tell me which ones are your favorite and whatever. So we did that. And it was like in their database. Um, And I, from then, from then on, I think I bought like one wallet and then I didn't buy anything else at that point. Before that, my mum bought a blanket, but that wasn't even on like my account or anything. Um, and then I got an email. I was sat on my sofa as though, you know, boring day. I was still at work, you know, in my old job, whatever. Checked my email and it was like, um, uh, dear Cassandra, whatever. Um, a Birkin that has come in that has met your wish list requirements um it will be on hold for you until sunday this is the color this is the size this is the price um let me know if you're interested i have never moved so fast in my life i was like there is no i love that there's a time limit i absolutely love that (laughs) and it might not even be in the country but (laughs) (laughs) and i was yeah it was like this is not a question of if i'm interested in it or not this is a question of how fast am i getting to the store here um So I had a really good experience in that way, which was I said I was interested in this. It came in 
maybe I was the first person, maybe I was whatever, maybe there had been more before me, but they kind of honoured that. Now, I know that a lot of people, when I did start my wish list, people are, oh, they all tell you to start wish list and then they never contact you again mm. and all this. So I'm really happy with my experience, but I know it varies so much. And um, when my mum got her Birkin, we were in Hawaii and that also was a really good experience. That one was literally same day we came in. Mum was looking at a pair of shoes. He was like, oh, is there anything else that you'd be interested in? And I was like, oh, by any chance, do you have any Birkins? And he said, what are you after? So I was like, oh, uh, blues, blacks, like reeling off what I knew were my mum's, like whatever she would want. And he said, OK, well, I don't have anything in for you today. But if you come in tomorrow, I'll have something to show you. And it was like, again, such How a... How much talk are they, like, having in Hawaii? <laughs> Honestly, I don't... Apparently, it's, like, one of the easiest places to get one. We didn't know this at the time, but I'm not complaining. Mm. So, um, yeah, so, I, you know, we've had really positive experiences, but there are people who have been waiting for years. And mm. I guess also it depends on the colour you want. Did it come out that year? Do they, you know, have they even got stock of that colour or does it come in once every five? All that business. And then also just like, if they're going to hold up their end of the bargain and be true if one comes in that meets your requirements and they're not Mm -hmm. just going to give it to this woman that spends 300,000 a year with you, you know? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So it's all over the place. Amazing. Oh my gosh, that makes me happy to hear. Like, I think that's like a really important element of of luxury we touched on. There's so much like mystery, and half the time people won't even tell you the price. So you're like, mm. oh my gosh, I want this bag, but I don't even know if I don't know what to I say for. <laughs> exactly, you have no idea. So mm. because it's just this like, oh, it's this elusive and this, you know, they've done a good job of the. Marketing. I was going to say they've played the game pretty well. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. people are literally like. It, it kind of became like a cultural discussion about like especially in like hip-hop kind of world buying mm. your girlfriend a Birkin and if she deserves it and you mm. shouldn't be buying a Birkin because it's a waste of money and it's become like the, yeah. I don't know, larger than life like more people are talking about Birkins than will ever be able to afford one <laughs> it's like yeah. why are you so bothered about you know <laughs> yeah and then like, and then the resale is a completely separate like discussion. Mm. So the bag, my bag, when um, I got it and everything, I looked online and it was literally going for double that brand new. And it's just like, and I think a lot of, you know, like celebrities and everything else, they're not going to play this game and risk waiting or whatever. They want exactly what they want and they want it now. And they're going to pay mm-hmm. 24000 for it when it's a £7,000 bag, you know? It's yeah. crazy. And also, I guess, when, when you've got money and it's a symbol of status, like, yeah. you want to fast forward, like, that- taking that to brunch with your girlfriends yeah. because, like... Yeah, you know, like that's Got definitely the vibe in that in those exactly. circles. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Well, that's the thing. Like, I think I people often underestimate the fashion game, and like, I mean, people have definitely belittled me when I've like studied fashion and stuff. But like, a, it's like one of the most like highly, I don't know, it's the one of the biggest economies in the world in terms Mm -hmm. of business but also like these are investments like people do stocks and shares and bonds and whatever 
but I'm telling you like for sure Hermes and Chanel mm. like that's a that's a hot investment mm. it's mm-hmm. true it's very true yeah fashion's cool man have any, <laughs> have any other quick fire questions I was gonna say what's like do you regret any of your luxury purchases <sighs> yes so there was one this is like the most recent one which um, I actually ended up selling for a fraction of what I paid mm. for. Um, it was a Versace like denim jacket and it was cropped. Ooh. And the thing is, is that I should have known because I bought it in the sale and I was like, oh my gosh, it's fabulous and amazing. And there's so much crystals and all of this business. And when I ordered it, I actually returned it and got a bigger size because I wanted it to be more like oversized and where it was hitting me cropped wasn't necessarily where I would have wanted it to be. But me being stupid and like being too obsessed with this jacket was like, oh, it, it'll be fine. You know, whatever. I'll have it in this new size that I got it in and all of that business. And then the longer I had it, the more I was just like, I don't even like, I, just, I hate where it came on my body. So I was just like, this is just taking up space. And I don't even feel comfortable wearing it because... Mm. It doesn't fit me how I want it to. It doesn't make you feel good. Exactly. And it's not something that's an easy fix. Like, oh, it's it's like trousers are a bit long. I'll get them tailored kind of thing. It was just like, no, the entire vibe of the jacket is just not working. So that was, that was, yeah, had to, had to get rid. So it's gone to a new home and hopefully they love it. Amazing. Cool. Got anything else? Do you have any more? No, I don't really. Um, yeah, I don't have any other questions, but thank you so much for agreeing to be on our podcast. It's oh, been really fun. I've, I've really enjoyed chatting with you. Yeah. I, I'm now like, want to buy something. So <laughs> <laughs> I have that effect. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, and also like your, your YouTube is really enjoyable and your boyfriend's definitely right. Your personality comes across for sure. Well, we hope that you liked our our episode with Cassie. Honestly, it was such a good vibe, such Mm -hmm. fun and a real laugh chatting with her. Um, So thanks to her again for agreeing to sit down with us and talk about the frivolities of fashion and luxury goods. As always, follow us on Instagram, send us an email with any topic suggestions or people that you would also like us to interview because we're getting into the swing of this. Mm. We're putting out guest content all the time. We're going for it, yeah. Yes. (laughs) So give us a shout. Uh, We'll always reply. And um, we hope you like this one. So see you next week, guys. Bye. Bye.